Thanks for listening to the Galilee Students Podcast. We exist to help students love God, love others, and serve all. Hey, uh, how are you? Hope you guys are doing good. Uh, my name is Brian, or as Blake calls me all the time, Mr. Brian. I can't get him to stop it. He's just always so respectful. He's a nice young man. Uh, I'm Brian. If I haven't met you yet, man, I'm, I, I want to and I hope to. We're really glad you're hanging out with us. We're, we're, we do this every Wednesday, and we'd love for you to be a part of it. Uh, we always say this to new people. Thanks for being brave. We know it's intimidating to come to a new place with new faces and new people and weird people. And But hey, we're all weird, and we'd love to have a few more. So we're glad you're here tonight, man. And we're walking through a series that's a little heavier than usual. Uh, a lot of times, like the, the rest of this this semester, actually, we're going to talk about family, and we're going to talk about friends. It's like a little more lighthearted, like things we can are a little easier to talk about. But for the next few weeks, we are talking about um, God's plan for, for our sexuality. And, and really, last week, if you'll go to that first slide for me, uh, Hayden, we are just uh, we're walking through this. Like, this is where we landed last week, that what we believe about God is going to affect what we believe about our sexuality. It really, like, it, it, you could just start the very first verse of the Bible. You could say this, like, in the beginning, God created. If you believe God created, then when we believe the first verse of the Bible, it really affects all of our beliefs. And it should affect how we live. And it should affect the lenses we look through and, and the worldview that we live through. Like, it just affects everything. And last week, we just really set the, like, this foundational thing. And we talked about this, like... What you believe about God is then going to influence what you believe about sexuality. So that's really where we landed last week. And we know this, like here's what wants to happen to all of us. This world wants to disciple us. It just does. Everything in this world is wanting us to learn and to teach us and to disciple us. Like, if it, like here's the thing. I don't know if you realize this, but movies and media and TikTok and, and, and Snapchat and all of these things like Netflix are all wanting to disciple us about this, like what sexuality looks like and how it should look and what should happen. Like it would love to disciple us. It would love to just teach us instead of like just leaning in and saying, okay, maybe I should let, the, let God point me to what sexuality should look like. Since he created it, like what should I do? Now here's the hard thing. We have, this, we have these like mixed messages that go on when it comes to our sexuality. Or even when it comes to sex, we have all these mixed messages. Like you are bombarded. I remember when I was your age, you're bombarded with two different messages, especially in middle and high school. Like you were bombarded with the culture is just saying this. It's like, yes, go ahead and have it. Like, yes, green light. Sex is okay. It's okay. Like if you, like all the time, like it's just kind of this green light that our culture says. Like it just happens as often as you want with as many people as you want. Uh, it, it, there's this line that says, hey, everybody's doing it. Like, this is just what happens in a relationship after you've been going out so long. Like, this is what happens. Uh, like, just it's your body. You do what everyone wants to do. And you hear a lot of those messages. Then some, you come to somewhere like this and you hear, like, from the Bible. And you hear, like, a totally different message. And it's this. Like, if you come to a church or a faith-based community and people like me and they're saying, and parents, like, most of the time people are saying this. Like, wait, 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 hold on. Like, no, no, no. Like, it's not a green light. Like, it's just these, these mixed messages that we get. And tonight, what we want to do is we just want to say, you know, not right now, but there is going to be a time. And we're just really going to talk about the boundary where God gives us for our sexuality. Like, where that can happen and, and, and how it happens and things like that. We're just going to talk about those things tonight. 
Uh, and here's the thing. Growing up, here's all I knew is this, and all I ever heard many times at church um, is just this. No, 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 no. no don't, don't do it. Don't think about it. Don't, like, that is a big no, no. Like, do not do that. And I remember that. And, and, and that's helpful sometimes, right? But here's what I think is more helpful. And I wish it probably was communicated to me, but I probably didn't hear it. All I heard was this, like, no. Like, don't do that. Like, 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 don't do that. Here's what I want to do tonight. I want to give you the why behind the hold up. Wait, 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 wait. Tonight, can I, can I just give you from God's word? I just want you to know the why. Because here's the thing. I believe God's plan is helpful. And I think knowing this like, process, like knowing why, like many times with your youth minister and your parents are like, no, that's not for this season. That's for a different season. We're going to talk exactly when that season is tonight. But, it, but many times, like, it's just really interesting. And I think it helps me process when I just know, okay, instead of just telling me no, can you tell me why? Like, why am I told this by culture and this by Scripture? So that's what we want to do tonight. See, here's the thing. Like, we as humans, uh, we, like, we as humans, like, we thrive when it comes to boundaries. I don't know if you know that or not. Like, boundaries are really, really good for us as humans. Now, also, freedom's good. Don't get me wrong. Like, there's, there's, there's good things about freedom as well. Like, we need freedom to be sure. But here's the thing. Like, we need boundaries to create the right spaces in, the, the, in different parts of our lives. Like, uh, let's say you're downstairs and you were trying to play a basketball game. Boundaries are really nice, okay? Like, it's good to know that you cannot go outside, like, you don't step over that line, like there's an out-of-bounds line. It's good when you come to shoot a foul shot that you know, okay, you have to stand behind the line to shoot the ball. Like, that is a good thing to know. It's good if you want to make a three-pointer to know that even if your foot touches the line, that's going to be a two-pointer, not a three-pointer. Just imagine trying to play basketball without any boundaries. It would be chaos, right? Imagine trying to play football. And you got a guy now not just going out of bounds, he's like running through the stands, you know what I'm saying, with the ball. And they're trying to tackle. Like, we need boundaries in life or else there's just chaos. It's just, it's just crazy. Uh, we need some of them that are like temporary boundaries. Like, there are hours, you guys know them, like there are hours in our lives that are for sleeping, right? There's hours in our lives that are for working and doing our homework. And then there's hours in our lives where they're just, hey, this is chill time. Like, I'm just going to chill. Here's the thing, like sleeping in the middle of school, not a very good boundary to keep, right? We know what happens. We see people all the time, and maybe you're one of those where you fall asleep in school, you cross that boundary, teachers don't like that, you're not going to learn anything. That boundary is put, sleep is put for nighttime. Like in the middle of the night, you don't wake up and, and just start chilling, like in the middle of the night, because the next day you're going to be, if you've not listened to that boundary in life, you're going to be crazy, crazy tired the next day, and then you are going to sleep in class. Like, like boundaries are, are really, really, really good things. And I think if we'll listen closely to God's word, tonight he's going to give us some clear boundaries. And I love that. It's like a basketball court, like really clear lines. I love that about God, that he just gives us. And here's the thing. It's, these boundaries create like a safe place for when it comes to our sexuality. It's a safe place when it comes to intimacy. Like, it's just one of those things. Like, Jesus talks about his design for sex. Here's what he says. He says this in Mark chapter 10. If you go to that first, that next slide, here's what Jesus says in Mark chapter 10. And he begins to paint these boundaries for us that we're going to talk about tonight. 
He begins to say, okay, this is like, here's, here's what happens for Christians. Like, where's the green light? He says this, but from the beginning of creation. Now, I love he says that because a lot of people would say this when God talks, when the Bible talks about sexuality. They'd say, well, that's, that's, that wasn't old school Jewish culture, man. Like, that was just back in the day. That's really not for us right now. But here's what I love about Jesus. He doesn't just say, okay, in uh, B.C. or A.D. 34. Like, he doesn't do that. Here's what he says. When God created everything, he was back to creation. So it's not just a cultural thing. Jesus says, no, this is the way God created the earth. And here's, here's where he talks about his boundaries a little bit tonight. He says, God made them male and female. Therefore, you maybe have heard this at, at, at a wedding lots of times. This, this, this part of Scripture is used at weddings a lot. God made them male and female. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall hold fast to his wife. And the two shall become one flesh. So they're no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, whatever God's joined together, let no man separate. Just this, this really uh, beautiful thing that he has given us to. And, and here's the thing. Our culture is defining this differently. But God's definition, I, I just want to illustrate it to you. If you go ahead to the next slide, here's where I want to just, I, I want to use this. Uh, here is the, the, the boundaries, these, these safe and loving boundaries that God says that he puts when it comes to sex. All through the Bible... The boundaries that we're painting, like the, the, the basketball court that we're painted here, these, these loving boundaries, these guardrails that God says, this is where this happens best. God's presence and his promise are in the box. And in the box, you'll see it's between, just like Jesus talked about, so between a man and a woman, husband and wife, in marriage. That is the box. That is God's design. Remember, we, we talked about this, like... If we believe God has design, like that really affects what we believe about our sexuality. If we believe God's, if he's the creator and if he's fine-tuned everything, like he knows best where this happens. So this, what this means is everything outside the box is, it's not what God wants. The Bible will call it sin. Like outside the box, there would be things like lust. And outside the box, there'd be like pornography. And outside the box, there's going to be a lot of different things. There's going to be premarital sex. There's going to be, you know, those kinds of things. There's going to be same-sex sexual activity. It's going to be one-night stands. It's going to be hookup culture type things. It's going to be uh, husbands who cheat on their wives because that's outside of the box. No, it's just your wife. It, it's, it's, it's wives that would cheat on their husbands. Like, all those things, they're outside of the box. Now, here's the thing. Is anything outside of the box unforgivable? No. But God says his plan and purpose, definitely not, is inside. Like anything outside of the box is just like God, like my design is this. Like here's the boundaries, these loving boundaries I want to give you. Here's the why behind the, the no right, not right now is this. And many times we just think God is just really anti-sex. But we talked about this last week. The answer is no, he created it. And he created it before the fall, like before Eve ate the fruit. It wasn't after the fall. He said it was, it was very good. Like marriage is, is set apart for this, 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 this place. And, and I know for many of you, you're going to think, man, this is highly restrictive. And it, it goes against some of our inclinations. But God says, no, this is the way. Like you're, you will operate best are in these loving boundaries that I want to give you. 
He created them for us to enjoy, for us to be intimate, for special connection. And he knows best how it's going to work. And here's the, the Bible says, like, to help us with these boundaries, he would say things like this in 1 Corinthians. If you go ahead to that next slide, Hayden, he says this in 1 Corinthians, flee from sexual immorality. Like, that's a word, like, that means to run. I remember the last time, I don't know the last time you fleed from something. Mine was about two years ago. Um, I was helping uh, a buddy of mine named Philip Cashwell, and we were helping load some cows. And we were going to this place where we'd never been before, and out there we were looking for, he was going to buy, purchase some of the cows, and we were trying to get them onto his trailer. One of the cows, as we finally found them way out in the field, was a Texas Longhorn. I'm talking this joker had horns probably like my arms here. And it was one of these that was way too friendly. And uh, Isaac was with me that day, we, uh, and, and Bo was with me that day. And here's the thing. When that thing came at us, we did the first thing that's in that line. We flee. We, we ran. We got behind trees. We ran. We jumped over fences. Because here's the thing. We didn't want anything to do with that man. So we ran and we fleed. And this is kind of this, this what he's talking about here. Like, hey, just don't get close. Like many times we like to, to, to play near the lines. Like if you're in basketball, you're not trying to go close to the line. You're trying to stay away from the line. It's just what you want to do. But he says this, like, hey, just flee. Would you run from that? Those kinds of things, from sexual immorality, all other sins a person commits are outside of their body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their, their own body. And the Bible would say it's just like, like anything outside of God, that, that box we've talked about, like, like stay away from that, like flee, like run from that, like stay in the bounds, these loving boundaries that he's, that he's given us. And tonight, I... I I know a lot of times when we talk about scripture, you just feel like dudes like me are just up here like this the whole night. Can't do this, can't do that, can't do this, don't do that. And there is some of that in the Bible. But we don't have to see it that way. Here's what I want you to do tonight. Whenever God gives a, a, a command that you may feel that's negative, Whenever he's giving you something you feel maybe feel negative, like there is this broader thing that's going on. Anytime, like, uh, go ahead to that next slide for me, and I want to kind of explain this. When God gives us a boundary or a command, here's what he's also doing. He's also providing us with two positives. Like, we don't have to always see it as like, okay, why? Why is it always no? Why is it always this? Like, here's what I want to tell you tonight. That when God gives us these, these loving commands or these boundaries, like, here's the thing. He's providing us with something better. Because remember, he's the designer, and he knows best how things work, and he knows best how relationships are going to work. Like, he knows best how all those things are working. And he's also protecting us from something. And for, for a lot of things that would could and, and may and many times do go wrong, when God gives us a boundary, he wants to give us these two positives. Like, let's take the negative command, like maybe you think the command of this, like uh, it says one of the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not lie. Kind of a negative command, right? But if you think about it, here's the thing that God's doing. He's providing us with something better. Like we all know what's better than a lie, it's truth. And he's protecting us, like we don't want to lie to people because like, have you ever been lied to? Have you ever felt that destruction of someone lying to you and you find out that, oh my goodness, that seriously? You just lied to my face? Like it is just, it's destructive and it hurts. You see, when God gives these, maybe we feel like these negative commands, this don't do this or not, he's pointing us to something better. 
Like I use this illustration all the time because it's one that every person understands. Um, it's a simple one that we've all heard. Everybody probably in here has heard this from your parents, do not run in the street. When you were a little kid, that's like the number one rule. Dude, do not go past here. Like, here's the, the, here's the boundaries. Do not go past there. Like, don't go running into the street. Like, uh, uh, our house, we live out in the country, but that means people just fly down many streets of parts of our, our roads. I mean, they are just getting everything they can around these curves, and these people are flying. They're just doing that. And here's what I always would tell my kids. Hey, there's the white fence. Stay inside the white fence. Now, that could be a negative command, right? Because now we're... We, we, we just have the fence that we have to stand to. So rightfully, I would, as a father, I would lovingly give them some, some boundaries. Because here's what I knew. I knew that it was better in here. Like, I knew that if they went out into the road, like, I just wanted to point out to them, like, when you're in the yard, like, when you're in the boundaries, you're safe. You're, you're safe, and this is better. Kind of like God, like, hey, this is better if you'll stay in the boundaries. And I also wanted to protect them from something worse. I can imagine having one of my kids, like, I don't want them out in the road. I want them safe. So that's the picture that I would offer you when it comes to God. Like, the why behind, why he's saying, hey, no, not right now, not until marriage. He's saying this, hey, I just want you to know it works better in this space, in these boundaries, within this. This is my best for you, and that is the why behind it. And it's a lot better than just hearing no or not right now. It's just it's really loving, and I, I love that. But here's what God loves to do. I'm sorry, here's what Satan loves to do. He loves to undermine God's plan. We talked about this a little bit last week. The Satan would just be like this, come on, really? It, not that big of a boundary. It's not that big of a deal. And he would love to blur the lines. Satan loves to blur the lines. He, he loves to do that. And last week we talked about this a little bit. And, and really what our culture and, and Satan is doing, he, he loves to blur this line and say, and we're told this line over and over again, hey, you know, sex is really not that big of a deal. There's really not big consequences. It's not like the boundary, don't worry about it. Like that's what our culture loves to tell us. And many times, you know, like, we figured out how to beat the physical consequences many times. Like, birth control's been around for 50 years now. It's nothing new. So many times it's easy to believe that science can, can shield us from consequences, but even though you may be able to rid yourselves of the possible physical results, the thing that continues to happen is there's something emotional and there's something spiritual that's going on. That's what scripture would tell us. As our culture would say, there's no real, it's no, no consequence, it's not a really a big deal, it just affects my body. That's like, it's nothing more than that. Uh, here's what happens. Many times some of people, people's largest regrets are what they have done sexually. Like, and I wonder if it's just an act, then why does that happen? Why are people broken when the relationship stops? Why do people feel that way? Why, why is, is some of the biggest regret when people, uh, young people after they break up, when people would come and, or text me and say, man, I feel broken because I 
I did like this or that. Like it's a real, real thing. Like it, it does hurt. And, and, and sometimes the consequences come many years later. Like there's all kinds of, of, of stats that would talk about this. Like the people who are sexually active before they're married, like the divorce rate's higher. And I don't think any of us want to go there. Like sometimes we don't realize the consequences that are happening. And many times, like if you don't want to believe me or believe God, maybe you're a science person. I don't know you so not, but there's a, a chemical that um, when a mother first has her baby, and she begins to uh, nurse her baby. There is this chemical that's released as the mother is caring and nurturing her baby. There is this attachment hormone that is released when the mother nurses her baby. It's releasing these. Hormones that would help attach to the baby, attached to the mother. And they have this really strong, really, really strong bond. So what scientists have found is this. The same attachment hormone called oxytocin is also released during sexual intercourse. And there's this attachment that happens. You know, science would say there's no chemistry that would attach you, but science also has this. It says, no, there is this oxytocin that is released, and you may think there are no strings attached, but you are wrong, and there's this, this bond that begins to happen, like Jesus would talk about this bond where the two become one. You see, there's no such thing as sex without consequences. Like, like, that's the why. Like, there's this loving boundary that God's given us. And he's saying that bond, like, that's supposed to have, like, that's best in the boundaries that God's given us. And our culture is working overtime to tell us just the opposite. So the big question tonight, the big question tonight, I have this one on a slide as well. Oh, go back one. You were right. Do you trust God with your body? If he's a designer, if he knows best for you, then I just, I want to ask you that really difficult question. Like, do you trust God with your body? Do you trust God's plan and his design? Because his plan is what we've talked about tonight. It's this loving boundary in marriage between a husband and wife. Like, that's the loving boundary that he has given us. It's just the one he has given us. It's the one he talks about. I want to read one more scripture here. Go ahead to that next scripture, if you would. Uh, here's uh, in 1 Corinthians about this. It says, uh, last scripture, and then we're going to get really, really practical about how to help that boundary and how to, just some really practical things that will help that way. Here's what it says. You say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. Like, we know this. Like, you can eat anything you want, right? You can eat fried stuff every day of the week and sugar every day of the week. You line, you're going to be very sick and it's not going to be good for you. Some of you know when you eat trash all week, you feel like trash. Like, Everything, like, I'm allowed to eat anything I want, but not everything is good for you. Even though I'm allowed anything, I must not become a slave to anything. You say food was made for the stomach and stomach for the food. This is true, though someday God will do away with both of them. But you can't say that our bodies, they weren't designed for this. They weren't made for sexual morality. Here's what our bodies were made for. They're made for the Lord. And this next line, maybe this is a line that would really just 
realize how much God cares about it. Like the Lord cares about our bodies. So much so that he will raise us up from the dead by his power. He raised our Lord from the dead. Go ahead to that next slide. He continues to talk about this in verse 15. Don't you realize this, that your bodies are actually part of Christ? Should a man take his body, which is part of Christ, and join it to a prostitute? Never. Don't you realize that if a man joins himself with a prostitute, he becomes one with her body. For the scriptures say the two are united into one. That's directly from what Jesus said in Mark chapter 10. But the person who is joined to the Lord is one in spirit with him. He ends this. If you go ahead to that next slide in 18, he says this. This is the one we've read already. We used flee. This version would say run. Uh, he says run from sexual sin. No other sin clearly affects the body as much as this one. Sexual morality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize, man, wake up that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and it was given to you by God. You don't belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. Here's the thing. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit lives in you. Like lives in you. And that your body is this temple of the Holy Spirit. And here's what that means. That means your body has great worth. It has high value. Like we're not our own. We're God's. Like all these things that matter. Like, like God's view of us and, and our worth. Like we matter. What we do matters. And he would just begin to talk about these things. I want to end real quick. And I just want to give you some practical things. I would just want to give you some practical things. If you go ahead to that next slide, I just want to walk through these. Like, and the question is this, what should I do? What are some boundaries I should make? And a lot of these are going to come in the bounds of, uh, of dating and things like that. And they're just some things I want to talk about practically. And I want to give you guys some tools and just help you. Okay, I know like that's what I want. I want God's design. I want to stay in the boundaries. Like That's what I want to do. Here are some things that I believe would, would help. Uh, the first one is this. If you go ahead to that first one, it's this. It's this. I, would, I think it's really, really important that you would date with clarity. And here's what I mean by that. You need to have some awkward conversations. Like when you begin to date someone, like I, you're going to have to have, like if you trust God's plan, if you really are doing that, then you need to have some, some awkward conversations with people that you are dating or that you're going to date. Here's an awkward conversation I had with my wife our first date. I was a 24-year-old dude. And here's what I told her on our first date. He was talking about awkward. <laughs> um, I was a youth minister at the time. I, 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 we just simply, as we began to talk, uh, I, I could tell there was some chemistry. And I just told her an awkward conversation as we're, I don't remember if we were at Chili's. Uh, later we went and walked around a park, romantic. Uh, you know, like, we just had this awkward conversation. Imagine this on the first date. I said, here's what I told her. I said, here, I'm... Uh, I just want to tell you this. I'm saving myself for marriage. First date. But you know what it gave us? Clarity. Because here's what I want, you're going to need to know. We knew with clarity we weren't going to go there. Was it awkward? Yes. But here's what it did. Those temptation-filled moments, you know what we both had? We had clarity. 
we just set the, like, we, this is the boundary. And we just, like, we leaned into the awkward. And here's what will happen. If you have this conversation, and you may be thinking this, if I say something like that, they're going to break up. But you know what I want to tell you? That's the best news ever, man. If they ditch you because you say that you want to stand on what, how God has designed you, like if they're not going to respect your beliefs, do you think they're going to respect your body? Like here's the thing, that you're going to have to date with some clarity and just stand up and lean into the awkward and just be like, hey, I just want you to know this. I believe in God. I believe in Jesus, and he has set this really loving boundary for me. Like here's the why. I believe it, like that this works best in marriage. I just want you to know I believe in that. So I just want you to know that off the bat. I know it's awkward, but I encourage you, would you stand up and lean into an awkward conversation? You may be already dating someone. You have to have an awkward conversation uh, a year later. I don't know what it is, but man, I want to encourage you to date with clarity. It's a really, really important thing. The second one would be this. I want you to date like-minded individuals. I don't want you to settle. When people share the same view of God, the same plan that God has, the same design that God has, man, it just really it really, really works. I want you to find somebody who's running after Jesus as fast as you are, maybe even faster than you are, and that's the person that you want. Like, here's the thing. When you believe the same things, when you believe God's same design, when you believe God's same boundaries, like, I want to encourage you to run after people like that because then when the boundaries get blurred, like, you're going to both know, no, no, like, we, we are going after this together. Like, it's a lot easier if we will uh, date some like-minded individuals. I want to put some rules... Uh, what are these next ones? I don't remember what I call them. I think I call them something. Go ahead and number three. I want you to put some practical boundaries. Here's the one I want you to, like, again, these are, some of these are awkward. Here's what I would encourage you to do. None of these are scriptural, really. But here's what I think they'll help you do. I think they'll help you run from, like we talked about fleeing and running. It'll help us with the, like, stay, like, not worry about lines. I want to encourage you this, never be at home alone without your parents there, with the person you're dating. I just want to encourage you, like, don't play that game. Story from my life, I was 24 years old, I had my own house. When me and Sarah were dating, here's the thing, guess where we'd never hung out? My house. There was never a Friday night where she came over and we hung out at my house. There was never any time that we hung out at our house by myself. I was a grown man, 24 years old. And I said, you know what? There's boundaries, and I, am, I want to flee from that. I want to, we're, we love God. We love his design. So here's what I did. We were hanging all the time at her parents' house, all the time, just hanging out. I want to encourage you this. Another really practical, practical boundary is this. Don't close the door. If you are hanging out somewhere, I want to encourage you to hang out where there's other people. It's just going to help you run and flee from some things. Like there are places you can go on the back porch and have some quiet moments alone where there's nobody listening. You hang out. Like I'm telling you, do not close that door because we know what happens behind closed doors, man. This things we think that we're safe. We think no one can see. And I just, if you want to run, if you want to flee, I just want to give you some really good ways to stay in that those those boundaries. I want to encourage you to date in groups, man. Go out, get your buddies and your friends. Go out and. and do whatever like together there's other accountability there I would just encourage you to do that man I just want to encourage you to run and flee from it because here's what I see I know God's blessing is in his boundaries I've seen it with my life tonight as I wrap up I not what I want tonight but I know some of you tonight, as I talk, you, 
like this hurts a little bit. Because maybe you've stepped out of the boundaries. And I brought up something personal. And maybe you feel ashamed or I've reopened some wounds or maybe you're not ashamed and you just tuned me out. But can I just tell you this? A lot of times, here's also what the church does as well. They act like if you stepped out of the boundaries, then you're no good. And can I just tell you, you are. Can I just tell you, if you stepped out of the boundaries, like it's not too late for you, like would you just believe this, that don't believe for a moment that you have sinned too much to be loved by God? Just don't believe if you stepped out of the boundaries, like that God cannot save that, like He cannot fix that, like you're, you're never too far gone. Like if you step out of the boundaries, it does not disqualify you. Here's the thing, Jesus still wants to use you in your life. Here's the thing, God's grace is sufficient to, for you. We sing this song, this old crazy song called Amazing Grace because it is exactly that. It's crazy. It's just grace. It's like, God, I stepped out of the boundary and you still want to forgive me. It's this beautiful, beautiful grace and it's amazing. Jesus' death on the cross covers those sins. And if he can bring death to life, then he can bring redemption to anything. He can save. He can wash away sin. You see, Jesus calls us to live differently. And the question I have for you tonight is do you trust God and do you trust his plan? I just want you to know the why. That he, man, he, he wants to provide you with something better and he wants to protect you from something worse, from pain or heartbreak. This loving, loving boundary. You see, Jesus with his body His body was laid as a sacrifice on the cross for ours. And I just want to challenge you from this day on, would you honor him with your body? Would you just, just honor him? If you, would you just trust his plan? And it's going to be hard, and you're going to have to flee, and you're going to have to run, and you're going to have to fight, and you're going to have to have awkward conversations, and you're just going to have to do that over and over and over again. But I want to encourage you to do it because that's his plan, and that's what he says, man, this is it's my best for you. And we say this, I love you. We say I love you. You're my kid, and I want the best for you. Hey, I'm going to pray, and we're going to move into a time of worship. just want to encourage you, like in worship, just because the music's playing, and we can begin to talk, and a lot of people do, would you just not disturb other people who are really just like, you know what? I need to worship. I need to be with God. I need to hear about this good God who loves me, who's given me these boundaries. I want to encourage you tonight. Uh, we're going to play two or three songs, depending on time. And I just want to encourage you for the next 10 or 15 minutes, would you just worship this God who loves us? Don't distract the other people. Would you just worship tonight? And I want to encourage you to do that. If you want to lift your hands, if you want to just sit, however you want to worship, I want to encourage you to do that. Let's pray. And we'll worship together. God, you're good to us. I thank you for your love and your grace. I thank you, God, for clear boundaries. Like, we don't have to wonder, like, hey, what's God's plan? Like, what, 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 like, you give us really clear plans. And God, I thank you for that. God, I pray you'd help us to just realize that, that you've got good for us. That you love us. God, I pray tonight for people who, uh, have guilt and shame, that they would realize that Jesus did not just die for our sin. He died for that as well. 
But we just know that, man, we are good enough because we're your son and daughter. That we are good enough because of the cross. God, would you help us in light of your good grace to live differently? Like from this day on, maybe it's an awkward conversation or whatever it may be. Like we're going to say, you know what? I want to go after God's goodness. God, we thank you for your love and we thank you for your grace. We pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen.